right, everybody, and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated, and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are but a humble podcast that enjoys talking about movies, but not in a pretentious way. But maybe you just got done watching a movie that you enjoyed, and you want to talk about it with your best good buddies. And of course, I'm joined, as always, by my best good buddies. Let me introduce them to you. First up, you know him, you love him. It's the man, the myth, the legend. It's Mr. Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home. Hi, folks at home. And of course, you know her, you love her. She's the ever so lovely, the ever so talented Miss Lindley Key. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Hi, folks at home. Marcus, you're really enthusiastic tonight. It's because it's the weekend, and I'm just so glad, because guess what, guys? Next week is my birthday. Mm. What, what? It's your birthday. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. Dirty 30 time. I'm going to be like the Grandmaster and get in a vessel. And make some music and maybe melt someone with the melt stick. That's not what he did in that vessel. Oh, oh. yes. Oh, oh that's oh. right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the big one. It's the it's the big one. <laughs> you mean the You're devil's not anus? Your case any better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe after podcasting, I'll, I'll watch that that movie. That was a good movie. Um, Great movie. Anyways. Sorry, uh, folks, we got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but don't worry, don't worry, never fear, um, because we are going to give you probably one of our most action-packed episodes of all time. There was a long drought, guys. There was, like, no movie news. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the topics that we had, um, but I, I cannot lie, it feels good to be able to uh, turn on my Amazon Echo to go online and see just a plethora of news and people. I'm going to give a shout out to our Facebook group um, because our Facebook group has been all over this. They've been talking about this stuff. They've been wanting our opinions. Um, Joel Savage. Hey, Joel, hey, Joel. Uh, from Savage Tech. They all got sick. Hopefully they're feeling better, uh, but they all got sick. But that did not stop Joel from wondering what we were going to talk about on this show. So, let's talk about it. Uh, first up, we have a couple of bi- uh, of news bits that we're going to go over. We're going to talk about The Last Airbender. Don't worry, it's not the Shyamalan again. It's Netflix. So maybe, just, just maybe, uh, The Last Airbender can have a, a good live-action version. We finally got some casting news about The Birds of Prey. We're going to talk about that. And you know audience you know that we had to talk about joaquin phoenix playing the joker did we like it did we love it maybe we do a little bit of go home dc you're drunk or maybe we don't stay tuned and then of course there was a crap ton of trailers just trailers galore. I love every single one of them i i i i, I want to talk about them with you guys um and I want to hear from the audience what they think about these trailers. Because, guys, 
we are truly living in a golden age of some cinema. Whether you agree with it or not, there's some stuff there's some stuff being created right now. Maybe it shouldn't maybe it shouldn't get created, maybe it should, but I'm excited either way. Um because we are going to at least have something to praise or trash at the end of the day. Who knows? I don't. Steven, do you know? No, I don't. Lindley, do you know? I have a hunch. I I figured you would. <laughs> That's why you're on the show. Yeah. Yeah, because she's got a hunch. Yeah, and I have to um, the female demographic. Well, I mean we I mean we are we are represented here. Everyone's represented. We got female, black guy, S- Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Stephen. Yep, yep. God bless you. He's, uh, he, he is, every, we are represented. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for having my kind on the show. It's no problem. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's back up before we get too political. <laughs> Even though we um, embarrass ourselves from time to time. I know, I know. I was like, I was like, ooh, this could go real dark real fast. Yep. Um, <laughs> Audience, um, listen. This is this is popcorn prattle. This is what we do. We like to have fun. We like to get angry about nonsense um, and kind of just take a break from the world and and what's going on. Not to say that it does that nothing happens in the world, but hey, you know what? For the next hour, hour and a half, sit back, relax, enjoy talking about some movies. Um, that stuff is still going to be there, but take a little bit of a break. Um, and if you need a little bit longer of a break. Guess what? We have so many other episodes of Popcorn Prattle that you can listen to. So go on Spotify, go on iTunes, go on Google Play, go on Stitcher, go on iHeartRadio. Whatever device you're listening to us on right now, go subscribe and share it and let people know, hey, you need a break from argument on Facebook? Popcorn Prattle is going to give you that little peace of mind that you've been waiting for. You're welcome. Okay? Guys, take a deep breath. Gird your loins. Girded. Loined. (laughs) (laughs) We are in rare form. Guys, let's prattle. So first off, we've got to talk about this. um, Because this was just a little bit of, of news that came out. In the midst of, I think it was like one of the first things that dropped. Um, And it didn't get a lot of buzz per se, but I'm sure people had opinions about it. Um, But Marvel streaming shows, um, we know that they exist on Netflix. We know that they exist on Hulu. But um, what we have learned is that there is also going to be a Loki and a Scarlet Witch show. Uh, that will be on the on the Disney streaming service. So like how DC has their streaming service, um, Disney is also going to have theirs. And that is where, from what I understand, the movies will live. Um, I don't know whether or not the Netflix shows will will follow or what. But I I have a theory, guys. May I share it with you? Please. You're going to anyway, so. 
I mean, I'm going to, but I, I, I have a theory about the, about these shows. Not, not like plot points or anything like that. Like, I don't, I'm not going to be like, like, oh, I can't wait for Loki to come back in Avengers 4. Um, but this is a big statement because Loki and Scarlet Witch will be their actors. Like, from the movies. And they'll be brought to the small screen. And that's confirmed? That is going to be Tom Hiddleston and Elizabeth Olsen? I'm almost certain. I I won't say for sure. Someone will probably have to fact check me. And like I said, we got we got very little information about this stuff. They I mean they just mentioned it more or less. But I I just feel like this is perhaps the first step in building upon the MCU and building upon these TV shows that they already have out in the world. Um, cause I've mentioned, I've, I mentioned before that there's several missed opportunities, like with Punisher not taken advantage of, you know, the U.S. soldier, um, and their, and the U.S. soldier's mindset in a world of superheroes when, you know, are they needed anymore? Uh, when you have people like Iron Man flying around, uh, why don't we ever get any sort of acknowledgement of maybe the snap from Thanos on these Netflix shows yet? Mm-hmm. Um, or any or any big event that happens in the MCU uh, besides the quote-unquote incident with the big green guy um, and the guy with the shield, um, as they like to say in uh, in Daredevil, or uh, or even in Luke Cage. You know why don't we why don't we see the remnants of Shield pop up um, when they do come back from from Agents of Shield? We don't see that stuff, um, but the 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 thought of Loki and Scarlet Witch kind of being that signal to MCU fans to say like hey we're going to start connecting the TV shows so now uh movie characters could end up on shows and TV show characters could end up in movies i think that that is definitely a direction that they should go um and and hopefully that encourages people to watch some of these incredible uh, uh, TV shows. One of which, with Daredevil, we're going to talk about tonight. Um, so, I mean, I mean, what did, what did you guys think? I mean, I know Stephen, you you you're very vocal about cinematic universes, um, and Lindley. I mean, from your from your squeals of delight. Um, I mean, these are these are two of your favorite characters in the MCU, aren't they? I adore Scarlet Witch. I'm so. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited she's getting more popular. Like, I'm not going to be that person who's like, oh, I like Scarlet Witch before. It's it's not that. I mm-hmm. am excited. We got a taste of it in Infinity War of how crazy powerful she is. Because it hasn't really come out until now. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for that to be explored more. And maybe... Maybe I could finally get my wish. Hey, Marvel. Hey, Marvel, give me a House of M movie, please. Personally, that's what I think you make the show about. And you use it as a means to introduce mutants into the MCU. Like, not the X-Men, right? But just the idea of mutants. mutants. Yeah. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Um, Stephen, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, as you pointed out, you know, I have very strong opinions about cinematic universes. And I think, you know, a while back we kind of talked about this, you know, Marvel branching out into streaming and the movies and like the various platforms they were streaming on as well as like shows on ABC, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I mean, I couldn't begin to tell you anything about what direction they plan to head in. I just think maybe you might be onto something since it does sound like X-Men's coming back to Disney. So yeah, that that could be a direction they move in. I don't Mm. really have a, an opinion on it. Right. But, you know, personally, um, as a casual viewer, I don't really feel too inclined to watch these shows. Mm-hmm. Largely just because I feel like, um, I don't know, they may have to, like, advertise it as a way of, like, you know, you don't need to watch the movies in order to understand this or something. Yeah. Which uh, I can't help but wonder if, like, you know, fans of the movies might feel a little cheated out by that. But should they though? Because, like I said, I mean, Netflix doesn't um, doesn't doesn't really acknowledge the movies too much, mm-hmm. um, except for like the the biggest one is the the first Avengers. They very they vaguely mention Civil War, um, but not really. So you don't so you don't even have to watch the movies to enjoy the the Netflix shows. But the Netflix shows don't feel that weighted or important anymore. They used to. Mm -hmm. But now, with everything going on in the cinematic universe, it feels like Marvel's kind of taken a back seat to their TV. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know what, I and I I just thought of this as like a potential theory, because, you know, Kevin Feige has come out and said that the, the MCU will change as we know it after Avengers 4. What it, what do you guys think about maybe moving less so from movies and moving to just TV shows? No, and they making them and that. making a majority of them just TV shows They'd because, well, I mean, like Stephen has said in the past, I mean, the bubble on superhero movies might pop eventually, and this could be kind of their preparation to, of saying, like, you know what, we can make TV shows last a while I don't know do something different I mean it's working out for for JK Rowling to switch up the format of what of how you tell your story you went from books to movies to you know now music now plays I'm gonna say musicals but you plays. know I I do think you might be onto something there Marcus because I pointed mm. out and said a lot of times like the way the Marvel cinematic movies are structured uh it usually is very much operating on the same logic as television logic, which, mm-hmm. believe it or not, is the same logic as comic book logic. Characters yeah. never truly die. Uh, change rarely happens unless mm-hmm. it's going to drive the plot forward. But that change can always be reversed later on. Mm-hmm. And I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, because they've built up to this, you know, these two Avengers movies. Uh, for 10 years or so and you know to finally reach that pinnacle whatever comes after it I think if you still follow you know how comic books kind of operate um, usually this is the point where 
the movies reinvent themselves or the comics mm. would reinvent themselves. This is where we stop just telling the amazing Spider-Man. This is where we get Ultimate Spider-Man. This is mm. where uh, the original team of Ultimate Spider-Man leaves and then a new team comes up and changes the format and the style. And mm. that always used to frustrate me reading a series, being really into it, and then they change it up to keep it fresh for, you know, new readers. Um, right. And I kind of feel like you've got to, they, if they're going to keep it smart, I think you're right. I think they can keep TV shows going uh, maybe to appease, you know, the original fan base while whatever new thing they have planned might, um, you know, be used to attract in new audiences. Right. So right. I, I think I think that you're absolutely right. I think it could be very much a preemptive measure just to prepare for um, what happens after Avengers Four. Because mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it: you build up to stones that alter time and reality itself. I mean, it's kind of hard to top that. Right. Right. It's no like matter where, what where you do you do. go without yeah. changing everything? Yeah. 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 I. I definitely, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely excited about the, the potential of these of these streaming shows, but you know, just like with a lot of things, I mean, we we're gonna have to wait to find out more information, um, and then and then it'll obviously become very clear to us um, on what they are, what they're planning, um, as all things. So, guys. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of the night. Uh, let's let's. <laughs> you, okay, Lindley? Did you eat before before recording? Yes, I didn't okay. have potatoes though. Mm. <laughs> so. Well, I I don't have potatoes, but I do have the Last Airbender, uh, a Netflix live action series for you to start you off on this. Uh, this plethora of news. No, give me back the potatoes. <laughs> mm. But Stephen, hold on now. Hold on now, Stephen. Now, is this... Do you think like this could actually be as bad as The Last Airbender? I don't know. Nothing could ever be that bad. I don't think... No, I, and I don't think anything could be that bad. In all honesty. Um... I mean, I just feel that Netflix Netflix has proven itself worthy of, well, hold up, hold up, Mark. Netflix has proven that it can handle material like this, but it has also proven that it, it can't, uh, i.e. Death Note. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is hot garbage. Um, that should never have been made at all. But um, from what I understand, uh, the the anime Bleach got a live action adaptation on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. I hear, though, um, from what I can see online, a lot of people are digging it, hmm. which is funny because I hate the show. <laughs> like, I love the manga, hate the show, but apparently the uh the movie's great or at least good enough to not make you cringe what say you guys here's the thing what's that i'm not opposed to this especially mm-hmm. if it's done right and with filmmakers that actually care about the material mm. 
but why not just put the animated series on Netflix? If you want to have The Last Airbender on your platform, then give mm-hmm. us the TV show. Because it's already great as it is. Why do mm-hmm. you have to remake mm-hmm. it? This is true. This is very true, Lindley. And, we, and we've said as much on the show. But we've also said that sometimes a live-action adaptation can improve the show. Um, you know, you look at... Um, you know, the one that comes to mind to me is Rurouni Kenshin. Rurouni Kenshin is about this uh, samurai in feudal Japan who just refuses to kill one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a sword. It's called the reverse blade sword. So the, the side that would actually kill people is turned around towards him. And he practices a whole new fighting te- fighting style so that he doesn't kill people. It's a great anime. It's not it's not terribly long. Um, but they made it into a uh, they made it into a, a live action movie, a live action trilogy, and it is critically acclaimed. It's I mean the fight choreography that I've seen on uh, on YouTube looks incredible. Um, it does not look corny. It it stays faithful to to the source material, so it it, it can be done, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a matter of. Like like you said earlier, in the right hands, it can elevate it. But hey, when it's in the wrong hands, you're right. At that point, why didn't you just stick to the original source material and just leave well enough alone? It's almost like I had a web series about this on our YouTube channel. Ooh. Plug, 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 plug. <laughs> Steve, what, what do you say? Because you had some you had some words about this a couple episodes ago. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I have a lot of friends who really love this show, mm-hmm. and I I think when it was airing, I was a little too old for it, um, and so I just I it, it completely escaped my radar. My introduction to it was unfortunately the M Night Shyamalan film. Same. Which, yeah. Um, With Ong which and. However, they pronounce the names. Oh yeah, and the this was my master. No, <laughs> Ong. That, that level of acting. <laughs> um, but like even just watching that, I could tell like there's a good story in there. Right. If it was just given to, you know, a better writer, a better editor, mm. and I look, I I know I defend M Night Shyamalan a lot. But this is one time I can't defend his choices. It was mm. just th- the acting, the takes, they were terrible. The pacing was awful. The story treated the necessary backstory like a twist ending. And mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. why would you do that? That's so dumb. Right, it right. It would have given me so much more context. Um, I don't know. When I heard that they were doing this, I just I just felt that same old fatigue I because I have no real connection to the show. I just mm. kind of felt that fatigue of like, it's like, it's like you said, Lindley, why not just put the original cartoon back up? Mm. You know, because I feel like we just keep remaking stuff and it's like, what was wrong with the original that it begged a remake? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, and I hear what you're saying, Marcus, sometimes live action can improve upon the original and, you know, that's fine, but I just, I don't know. At some point, I'm just really, 
And I know this sounds cliche, and I know I say this like every 10 episodes or so. I am so tired of remakes. Mm-hmm, Can mm-hmm. we just do something original? Now I get it. It's Netflix. <clears throat> it's Netflix. Bye-bye. And they have done a lot of original content. I applaud them for this. But that I, there still needs to be more time before mm-hmm. I think they should just start remaking stuff. Like, okay, I'll give you a good example. Lemony Snicket. There was that movie, which I do still enjoy, but I'm so glad they decided to make those, like, mm-hmm. based on the actual books. Mm-hmm. That was a series that never got completed, and it still deserved it. But Last Airbender, everything I've heard, it's got a huge fan following. Fans love it. Why not just put the show back up? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I that's my that's my thoughts. I just I don't know. And they can't be do like a they can't really do a spin off either without people saying, Well, why not do the Legend of Korra? Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I mean it's like I I just I'm just curious, does Larry have like a a, a part time job <laughs> at Netflix or something? <laughs> Where he's like, hey, let's remake something that doesn't need to be remade just because my daughter said so. Because money. <laughs> money, please. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's I mean, I think... I think ultimately... Um, ultimately, we've... We've got to understand that the the culture kind of has to change cinematically for us to, to get more original things. You know, we have to support more original things. Um, but it, it also, but at the same time, you know, we can't keep treating original things as being, you know, so lofty or so avant-garde or anything like that. Um, Cause I feel like that, that pushes people away. Yeah. Um, and maybe one, and maybe one of these days, maybe next episode, maybe we need to have that. We need to have that conversation about how, you know, just years of people feeling like I can't relate to this movie, but now I can relate to this movie because it's my childhood. I'm seeing my childhood on on screen now. Um, you know, I feel like the culture definitely has to change a little bit in order for more original stuff to be uh, to succeed, mm-hmm. and to also, you know, take that stigma off of off of these off of these things that are getting remade as live action um, live action movies or TV shows. Yeah. Because I do think that there's potential to make Last Airbender great as a live action adaptation. Um, but you have to just be careful because it has to be a nice balance of, hey, here's some new stuff and here's some stuff that you are familiar with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, you know, M. Night Shyamalan's movie, I feel like that's that's what it it failed to do. It failed to give people that thing that they've always remembered about the show mm-hmm. yeah. um, when it's not it's not that hard to do um, if you just. Again, like I've always said, trust your source material. Yeah. Okay. Um, switching gears a little bit. Speaking of speaking of source material and, and adaptations, we have confirmation now about the Birds of Prey cast. We now have our Huntress, and we now have our Black Canary, um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, 
who is uh, who has played who has played Ramona Flowers. Um, have you seen a girl with hair like this? Yeah, that's oh, yeah, Ramona she's Flowers. <laughs> she's <American>. love that movie. <laughs> love that movie. It's on um, Netflix right I know, now. It is right. <laughs> I made yep. my friend watch it for the first time. Hi, Heather. Yeah. And yes, oh, so excited. And, and, and they I like literally that, just watched it too. And yeah. Every time I watch it, I notice something new. Every yes, time. right. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this uh, this is definitely some some primo casting. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead has proven herself time and time again um, as a powerhouse actress. Uh, she has this nice intensity. I think it works well with the DCEU, most definitely. Um, but I I do have some some thoughts. Uh, but the the other one. The other bit of casting news, which was kind of a shock to many, and I could literally hear um, the fanboys screeching, the neckbeards. Did you did you hear them? I'm pretty sure they like had a collective brain aneurysm um, because hold hold on to your hats. Uh, Journey Smollett. Um, who I forget what she. I'm looking her. I'm looking up some of the things that she's been in now. Because I've never she's heard been of in, her before. She's she's been in a lot of things. Um, she was she was like big in like I hate to call them this, but like quote unquote like black movies in the past. Like when she was younger, mm-hmm. um, she was in Eve's Bayou. She was in The Great Debaters. Um, she was in Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Okay. Yeah, she was. She um. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Friday Night Lights. She was in Friday Night Lights. She was in Gridiron Gang. Um, so she's, I mean, she's been in a number of things. Um, I feel like once people uh, see her, they'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, I, I recognize her. Um, she was in the show Underground most recently. Okay. Um, yeah, and that was that was, I think, something that really helped put her on the map, although... I would say probably it was great debaters. Um, but she will be playing, Journey Smollett will be playing uh, uh, Black Canary. Hmm. Which is interesting. Um, and, I've, and, I, and I got, I got, I got some thoughts about both of these. I, I, cause I'm going to be honest. I, think, I feel like both of these are miscasted. I really, I feel like they deserve to be in the DCEU. I feel like they're both extraordinary act- but it's actresses. I feel, yeah, um, because I, I don't. I'll start off with, I'll start off with Journey Smollett, and then I'll m- make my way up to Mary Elizabeth. Um, but Journey Smollett, she, not that okay. And I and I know and I know audience. If you've listened to me before, I've said you know it doesn't it doesn't matter if you know you you know you're black, white, gay, straight. It doesn't it doesn't matter to me? Like you know, like the best person should play the part. But I feel like this is stunt casting. Hmm. I don't feel like this was done with the mindset of let's get a black actress into the DCEU. Because there are black characters. Hmm. Not to say that you can't replace a white character with a black actor 
Not saying that I will go. I will, you know, cry till the till the cows come home that Denzel Washington would have been the best Lex Luthor that we've ever seen. Um, but at the same time, I I just I feel like this is stunt casting. I feel like this was not this was this had no other intention other than. You know, let's put one over on Marvel and let's, you know, cast a black woman as this part. That's, you know, this woman who's supposed to be blonde hair and blue eyed. Like, like, why? What does what is the purpose of that? Because we talked about it last last episode when we talked about a black Superman. um, It changes the experience. Right. Mm -hmm. If you put a black character in that in that role, then they also have to have the black experience. And that's different than the white experience where you have a woman, where you have a, a white woman, blonde hair, blue eyes. Her, her journey is going to be different than a black woman's. That's just, that, that, it's just facts. Mm-hmm. And so you have to, and as a good storyteller, you have to be able to show that on screen. You know, not to say that, you know, Black Canary has to show up at a, at a you know, uh, Black Lives Matter rally. But there should be some hint that it just affected her in some way. Much like with the casting of Domino in Deadpool. I'm sorry, Deadpool 2. You know, I felt like this was definitely this is a this is a black character. This that's what it feels like, and maybe that's what Black Canary will feel like. But at the same time, again, I feel like this is not the same as casting um, Zazie Beats as Domino. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was done to to <clears throat> as like stunt casting, yeah. and that that to me is worse than racism. And as far as Mary Elizabeth Winstead goes, she would make an excellent Batgirl slash Oracle. Yeah, but they've already said that they're not doing that. And that's dumb. Exactly. And that's dumb. You know? I mean, I get get not making her Oracle. I get it, because then she... You have to explain, like, why she gets out of the chair eventually. Mm -hmm. And it can't be because of Flashpoint, or maybe it can be. I don't know. Flashpoint hasn't happened yet. Um, Alluded to it. But she should... she should at least be. She should at least be Batgirl. I think. Jimmy, great. I mean, girl. oh my gosh. I mean, I think I feel like her role as Ramona Flowers makes her the perfect Batgirl. A uh, kind of like older, a bit jaded. Mm-hmm. You know that Batman has kind of abandoned them, and his crusade to challenge, take on Superman. Mm-hmm. I think that would be great because you know some. You know that. The Jason Todd thing definitely split the Bat family, it seems. Mm. Like, I feel like we can get that from the movies. So I th- I feel like it's a missed opportunity to not show us that Batgirl is lost and these strong women come together around her and make her believe again. Make her put on the mask again. I could- God, why don't I write for DC? I don't know. That's a that's a slam dunk. Why? Um, yeah, we should all be applying for a job. We just <laughs> just go up to the door and say, you know, knock knock, and then you know, Larry sticks his head out and he goes, <laughs> "Who's there?" And then we're like, "Larry, fire your writers. You're hiring the three of us. We're gonna I'm save s- your universe." 
I am so glad that you have you have latched on to Larry so much. I'm so glad. Larry and I we go way back. Often <laughs> it often ends with one of us holding a gun at the other's face. What? Oh, it's got dark real just fast. Just a little bit. Steven, just tell us what you think about the casting. <laughs> uh, well, honestly, you know, I, both are fine actors. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really know anything about either one of these characters, so I can't really mm. comment. Um, uh, Yahoo? I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, it's got. I, I I would imagine it's it's it is kind of hard to to get excited about a Birds of Prey movie when literally the only character you might know is is Harley Quinn. It's like why well, why get excited about and this why movie? Not, if we're gonna Isn't, do like an all girl movie with Harley Quinn, why not do the Gotham City Sirens? Yeah, that would make so yep. much more sense. Wait, isn't isn't Birds of Prey supposed to be like about? Because there was a TV show uh, a yeah, while back. Yeah, it was oh. terrible. What, it's not the same. It's not the same. Okay, well, no, that's not the comics at all. Okay, yeah, because they made Huntress um, the daughter of Catwoman and Batman. Which, yeah, sorry, Dave. I know I'm probably getting this wrong. Um, it, it was at one point in the comics she was. But now she's like uh, she's the daughter of a crime lord. But Huntress is a part of the Bat family, and Black Canary is um, she's usually tied with Green Arrow because they get married. That would be um, the crime lord would make sense because I saw something. I don't know if this is true. But I mm-hmm. did see something about there being rumored uh, casting for Black Mask. Yeah, as far as the casting, because the because it was confirmed that Black Mask is the villain. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, he's the, he's definitely going to be the main villain. Um, but there's no confirmation as far as who is playing Black Mask just yet. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And we got a tease for Black Mask in um, Justice League, so it makes so it makes sense that he's that he eventually show up. Um, and for these for these women, because they're not metahumans, it makes sense that they would take on someone like Black Mask um, and his army of goons, essentially. Goons. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry, excuse me. Guys, um there's two other characters in this. Um Cassandra Kane, who's a relatively newer character, but she's she's basically a badass mutant ninja. Oh, that's fun. Um yeah, she's great. Like I if if they cast a young Asian girl as her, she's like awesome. Um just, <laughs> just as long as she's not katana. She's got my no. back. <laughs> oh God, Lindley! Why do you keep doing that to yourself? Wait, Katana? you don't have to quote Suicide, suicide Squad. Oh, never mind. <laughs> no, no, not not uh, Mortal not, Kombat. Yeah, Katana. not Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a like, wait, is Mortal Kombat so coming in this too? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be interesting. Would it though? <laughs> Actually, it would probably make it more interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's like you know, you got Batman and Superman and Sub Zero. 
What are we playing Injustice? What is happening now? <laughs> Injustice two? Instead of Marvel, wait, which what platform was Mortal Kombat? Was that Capcom or uh, Midway? Uh, Midway. Oh, so Midway instead games. of Marvel versus Capcom, we'd have DC versus Midway. <laughs> yeah, Midway would probably win though, because blood and gut stuff. <laughs> Lindley, what say you about this uh, about this casting? Um, I kind of agree with you, Marcus. I'm excited for these ladies, um, mm-hmm. but I would rather see Mary Elizabeth as Batgirl. And it's kind of the well, also what we talked about with Michael B. Jordan last week or last couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. where yeah, I have no problem if he's cast as Superman, but I do want him to be in good movies. So maybe it's not the best <laughs> <Right>. idea. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I love. I, I'm. I. I apologize. I'm not familiar with the girl who's playing Black Canary, but I do really right. love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm-hmm. And I just want the best for her. Most definitely, you know. I mean, it's like you know, it's to me to get into a a, a superhero movie is kind of like it's kind of like an actor in in New York City. You know, you know what I mean. Like when they're all on uh, Law and Order at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always nice to like look at old Law and Order SVU uh, episodes and be like, "Oh, so and so was on this, you know, as the killer. What's what's happening?" Um, you know, and I feel like you know, comic book movies are gonna kind of become the same thing, where you know, like, "Oh yeah, I did my stint on a on a comic book movie eventually." Uh, but you're right; you do want them to be, um, you do want them to be in good movies. And while I feel like this has potential, you have the talent, mm-hmm. right? But the question is, you know, is Larry going to get his grubby little fingers on the show? Um, because if he does, then it's not going to be it's not going to be great. It's just going to be more of the same that we hate, off, and that's Larry. why we keep. Yeah, yeah, Larry. What did we talk about, Larry? Well, but my daughter really likes Joker. But your daughter's not a screenwriter. She is three. <laughs> no, Steven. Like she's Rodriguez at least sixteen. His kid, write a movie, and that's how we got Shark Boy and Lava Girl. <laughs> we all know Steven. how Shark Boy and Lava Girl turned out. Steven, she's at least sixteen. But let me tell you something. I am kind of excited for this, and I'm gonna tell you why. Um, because. While maybe the 16-year-old, you know, little tween wearing her daddy's little monster shirt is excited for Jared Leto to come back as Joker, I'm actually excited to see Joaquin Phoenix um, take on the Joker. Um, We finally got a little bit of footage and pictures of Joaquin Phoenix in the Joker makeup. Um, you know, on set, I saw the, I was not impressed by the, the pre Joker pictures. I was like, oh geez, this is going to be a, a, you know, a crap show or whatever. Um, (laughs) but then, then that's when I saw the, uh, the train pictures. Yeah. That's filmed in New York. Mm Mm-hmm. The the train pictures made me excited 
because I was like, you know what? This is that older, wiser. This is this is the guy that villains that supervillains talk about that gives them nightmares. You know, mm-hmm. it ain't it ain't Jared Leto's Joker. You can't tell me that anybody, Lex Luthor, Killer Croc, any of those guys, you can't tell me that they're afraid of the Joker. But you would be afraid of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. And we don't know much about the plot other than that this is Joker's origin. Um, I don't even think that that face paint of his, I don't think that is... The final look. The, right. I think that's pre... That's like leading up to it before he gets into like the vat of of acid. You think um, they're gonna do a vat? I I think they will. I think they will. I think if they were smart, they would. Because just well, once, I'd like to see. About. It is, but this is already different than what they have been imagining for their universe. It has a different look to it. It's you know what I mean? It has like it. It feels, um, it feels a lot like uh, the Dark Knight. That, Whether that, that is a good thing or, me. It, it, indeed, indeed, um, I think it's I think it's great that you pull from that. But how much are you pulling from it? Are we about to get like another realistic Joker, or are we moving towards a? potential let's move Joaquin Phoenix in in place of Jared Leto's Joker because I can I I feel I feel very hopeful that this Joker could be the one that we deserve but it's the one we need right now we need right now I feel like we feel like any Joker is the Joker we need right now (laughs) to be quite honest I will take a toy Joker um you know, from the Batman animated series over the Joker we have now. But you know who that is? Um, they're beating up in the train, right? Yeah. It's Thomas Wayne. Really? All of the signs are be like, down with Wayne or Wayne feel pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're beating up Thomas Wayne. Okay. See, I was wondering how how Thomas Wayne was going to, to be incorporated into this. Um, Maybe. This is this is my theory. I'm hmm. money on the table. This is mm-hmm. I, what I think a a plot is going to be. Okay. So Joker, you know, kind of gets an uprising. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like he and he's not the Joker yet, but maybe he gets in the spotlight. Be like an, some eccentric clown wants some change in Gotham. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting with the whole one percent, leading with the Waynes. Mm-hmm. He, you know, gets a following. You know, one of those followers could be Joe Chill. Mm-hmm. Leading to the death of Thomas and Martha Wayne. Mm-hmm. That's my. I theory. definitely think that's my theory. I think that's I think that's a I think that's a safe bet. I I would take that I would take that bet. Um, because it makes it connects you to it connects you to the Batman universe mm-hmm. very easily. It sets him up already 
to be that opposing force in in Bruce's life. You know, yeah. he's he's the guy that was behind it all, and it. Oh man, I mean, here's the thing, Lindley. If that's true, can you imagine an older Bruce Wayne? Maybe played by Ben Affleck. It doesn't matter to me at this point. But if it is played by Ben Affleck, it would make sense. But to have an older Bruce Wayne taking on an older Joker and maybe even finding out that he is the cause of it. Yeah. And that he took, he's taken Jason Todd away from him. He's broken apart his family. He's broken apart the Bat family. And he's the reason his parents are dead. Yeah. So, like, that Batman movie, like, the stakes are so freaking high. Like, that's how you make a movie. That's how you set up a showdown. Because a lot of it doesn't even have to be all fighting. Like, it can be an honest-to-God detective movie with Bruce figuring all that stuff out. And then when he finally figures it out, right, when he finally realizes that this is the Joker that did it all, does he break his rule? You know, and this is where I'm conflicted because I do think that's an interesting concept. I mm-hmm. do like what I'm seeing from Joaquin Phoenix. I'm not the biggest mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix fan, but I do look like what I'm seeing. Yeah. I still don't. I still can't get behind a Joker solo movie. Yes. It, it, yes. He's the one character that doesn't need an origin story. Is the whole point about the Joker. It, mm-hmm. it feels like wasted material. Like this would yeah. be so much better in just a straight Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Most definitely. I'm, I'm conflicted. I it's I don't want it. I like what I'm seeing, but I don't want it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't want it in the format we're getting it in. And I think the fact, and then, then Stephen, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I'm like eating up your time, but. Um, Not my but, time, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like there's, you know, again, it's, 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 it's like you said, it's wasted time. If this is not a part of the MC, I'm not MCU, the DCEU, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like then, because what purpose is it serving? If it's not going to end up cro- uh, crossing over, why are we doing this movie? Unless, unless you are literally putting this movie out there, saying that if it sinks, it's okay because we don't have to deal with it in our cinematic universe. And we've got two more, right? <sighs> but if it's successful, if it's really successful, then how do you? Then you know they're going to try to figure out a way to put that Walking Phoenix universe into. Into their DCEU, which means we have to go with the stupid, the incredibly stupid theory that gets immediately confirmed, probably, that Jason Todd is this Joker. And that's why he's young. And that's why Batman doesn't recognize. And that's why he he never stays around when Batman shows up. It, it is. But you, but Lindley, come on now. Doesn't that sound like exactly what they would do? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not denying that at all. Mm-hmm. It's still stupid. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, sorry, Stephen, what, what, what do you, what, what do you say about these, these pictures? 
Um, well, I think it's interesting that um, they're definitely taking some inspiration, I think, from John Wayne Gacy with the design. And I mm. think Mixed you're absolutely with right. Ledger. Do what? Mixed with a little Heath Ledger, too. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, the fact that, see, I think this is what kind of does actually, I think, uh, make it seem a little more, I, I, I'm not hating what I'm seeing here. And I think it's because there's a lack of saying what this is going to be about uh, other than it's just a Joker solo movie. That gives me hope that they actually are trying to make a good movie and a good mm-hmm. story. And then seeing these images, I think, okay, I can see how this would work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm kind of torn, too. Like you said, it was like, there's just so much Joker and Batman stuff going on right now that I feel like no matter how good it is, it's going to mm-hmm. get lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because people are going to be so burnt out on it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, they you see it everywhere else, and then it's like, oh, here's another one. It's like, oh, I just had I just had cake. You know, I can't have another piece. <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. and that's 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 my real concern. Um, you know, I I hope it's good. I'm hoping, you know, they've figured out some interesting thing to do. I just hope it's not, you know, as uninspired as the other uh, incarnations have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. So I have kind of mixed feelings at this point, but yeah, you know, I do think Joaquin Phoenix is a good actor. He's mm-hmm. done some good stuff. And I think, um, getting him to play the Joker is, I, you know, <laughs> I would take that much sooner than Jared Leto. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you're right, Marcus. I think, um, you know, why, it does feel like they're kind of creating sort of a, a an exit strategy. And if it's really good, this is our new, this is what we'll build off of. Or if it's not good enough, we just keep Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, you know, you said, Lindley, it's not the Joker we need right now. Because mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I personally feel like if they waited a long time on doing another Batman slash Joker story, then it would be better. Right. Um, but just kind of, you know, pumping them out one after the other, it's just kind of, ah, I don't know. I got to wait till we see like a full trailer, but what I'm seeing so far looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, I just worry that it's going to be oversaturated. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. I think, I think to, I mean, sorry, Stephen, to, to kind of go along with your point, um, that the market is so oversaturated with with Batman and Joker, which is sad, because these to me these are two great characters that deserve to have movies, deserve to have their story told, but we've seen their story told so many times at this point. Um, I mean, I've said multiple times. I'm like, talk about the Bat Family first. Mm, yep. And maybe even like focus on just the Bat family and the fact that Batman doesn't want to be Batman anymore. You know? Yep. And they get hurt. They get hurt. They they try to they try to live up to the ideals that Bruce put out for them. 
And then when you do finally bring Batman back, then it becomes this, it becomes a big deal. Um, and sort of like with Spider-Man Homecoming, I love the fact that it, it's pretty safe to assume that Oz, that Osborne is buying Avengers Tower. Mm. And yet we never, we never hear about him. We never hear about Osborne. We never hear about the Green Goblin. We don't even get a tease for it. And I love that. Because we were able to focus on the other parts of the of the Spider-Man mythos. Yeah. I mean, hell, we were able to get a Miles Morales reference. Yep. <laughs> you know? Um, so imagine if they had even, like, waited to do Peter Parker. Maybe we Peter Parker's in the universe, and then, you know, it's just Miles Morales who has to f- figure things out. And then we are introduced to Peter. Um, again, it just makes those characters a lot more interesting and it makes us more excited when we do finally see them because we're constantly, we're constantly reminded like, no, they're here, but who knows where they are? Who knows why they're not here as the character that we imagine them as. But Hey, everybody's got their opinions. I'm sure you guys do too. If you would like to share some of your opinions about the Joker, uh, uh, pictures or just anything we've talked about so far on the show uh, take a second go to our Facebook group and join in the conversation because we would love to chat with you uh, when we come back from a very very short break uh, we will talk more about all of these different trailers and I am so so excited to talk about the last one guys you do not want to miss this conversation stay tuned Hey guys, it's your boy Marcus, one of the executive producers of Schneegas Incorporated and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. I really hope you guys are enjoying the show, and if you are, don't forget to hit that like button and make sure that you subscribe. But hey, if you really, really, really love us, why don't you go down to our T Public page? Because guess what, guys? We finally have merchandise. We've got popcorn prattle shirts, popcorn prattle hoodies, popcorn prattle mugs, popcorn prattle stickers. We have so much popcorn prattle stuff and just movie stuff in general. You are definitely going to want to buy something. So go there right now, then come on back to our podcast and enjoy the rest of the show it's a win-win for everybody remember t public see you there it's main event time all right and we are back we're going to talk about we're going to close the show with some trailer talk because there was a crap ton of awesome trailers um now whether (laughs) Whether they got us excited about the movies or not, that is what we're going to figure out. Um, But, I mean, I don't know, guys. And I may just be speaking for myself, but looking at this list right now, I mean, can we just say uh, these trailers were pretty good? Yes. All all around, like, they, they definitely got people's attention. Now, whether it was enough to convince them to go to the movies, again... We'll we'll discuss that, but I feel like all these trailers did did a, a bang up job. They weren't. I can't think of any that had any blatant cliches, except for maybe Captain Marvel. Really? But we'll talk about it. That's the mm, one. Just a little bit. Just a little yeah. bit. Just a little bit. 
Um, yeah, a little bit of Bumblebee too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, again, we're we're gonna discuss it. Um, let's talk about the the quickest one. And they've actually come up with uh, a couple of different trailers, but we're talking about the newest uh, Daredevil trailer. Um, for Daredevil season three, this is post Defenders. We have seen uh, what the Defenders are up to in Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, all three of which um, have been uh, portrayed as incredibly dark uh, these past seasons. But Daredevil season three, I believe, is going to prove to be the darkest of all the Defenders shows. Um, just to just to kind of give you, you guys some background as well. So at the end of Defenders, sorry, not sorry. It's been a couple of, it's been like a year. Yeah, it's been a year. Um, at the end of Defenders, Daredevil actually sacrifices himself so that everybody can escape. But it's revealed in a post credit scene that he's alive. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. It's a comic book. What do you, what do you expect, right? <laughs> of course, it's, of course, he didn't actually die. Um, and he's probably their most successful uh, Netflix show. So they were not going to kill him off that easily. Um, but some of the things that I've seen with these these little teasers, teaser trailers, um, a bloody Matt Murdock basically saying, like, you know, he's done trying to play nice with evil that he's going to fight evil with evil um he's not he's no longer in the armor anymore he's back to wearing his essentially his his ninja outfit that he got from mm-hmm. the chaste um i think i mean i i'm so excited to see what happens because his mortal enemies in um in the defenders I'm sorry, in, in Daredevil, they get defeated in the Defenders, um, essentially. There's probably still remnants of them that, that means the hand, they never really, they never really go away. Um, but he's coming back to New York. He is basically waging his war on crime in a much more brutal fashion. And in this particular trailer, who do we see coming back? My man, Wilson Fisk, in the clean white suit. You embarrass me. God, I love I love Vincent D'Onofrio as. That was I never thought anybody could do better than Michael Clark Duncan and Vincent D'Onofrio kills it. So the fact that he's back now makes me so excited, so pumped. Um because he Vincent D'Onofrio elevated that show. He took it from just being a regular comic book show to making it a crime drama. I feel and so bringing him back is exciting to me because I'm like, what do you what do you do with the character now? Um, you know, what is his role in all of this? Because in the comics, Kingpin actually becomes like not a good guy, but to the public eye, he's a good person. He becomes mayor of New York. Um, and maybe that's the route they're going with this. Um, that maybe Wilson Fisk is the, the quote unquote the hero of New York, and Daredevil is the psychopath vigilante, um, a la, Dare, a la uh, Punisher. Hmm. Um, yeah, 
Uh, so I know you guys haven't seen the seen the other seasons, but what what did you think of the trailer or the teaser? I should say. I honestly uh, think the Jessica Jones um, Facebook site that reposted it did it mm-hmm. best, where they captioned hmm. as Jessica Jones like, "Ooh, I'm Dark Matt." Huh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love that they. I love that that they. Um, whoever do, runs their social media stuff like kills it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, i gotta be honest i tried watching daredevil i got about 20 minutes in mm-hmm. i got bored and mm-hmm. i never mm-hmm. looked back so this trailer didn't really do anything for me had nice it had nice I... visual imagery i'll give it that with mm-hmm. the suit and the colors and the pacing that was, it was a nice trailer but mm-hmm. you know yeah i honestly i honestly steven i would have never i don't i would have never really recommended daredevil to you it just it like it just doesn't seem like the type of show that you would watch i mean it's it's not that the subject matter or anything isn't really up my alley it just i don't know the story just didn't really grab me i feel like you know the character of daredevil in that world in the comics you know i think can be a very interesting one i just Mm -hmm. i don't know for whatever reason it just didn't really yeah wasn't really Mm -hmm. my cup Mm -hmm. of tea yeah yeah no i i personally i i loved season one of daredevil um season two should have stopped after punisher left for the season um, until the end. Um, and that's with a lot of the Netflix shows. You know, to me, Iron Fist is most successful because it only had 10 episodes. Um, Daredevil should have stopped after like, you know, a half a season. And then the next half of the season, that should have been its own story. And that would have been enough. But to ask somebody to sit there for 13 hours, you know, to watch essentially two storylines, um, that's asking a lot. You know, especially if maybe you're not as familiar with the with the source material um, or or even aware of like where they're headed with it in the in the context of these Netflix shows. Um, But I will say I will definitely be watching Daredevil season three. I know the the karate will be badass as per usual. Um, The fight choreography is just is great. And then, of course, again. Vincent D'Onofrio. Mm-hmm. The the man the man was made to play Kingpin. And it makes me angry that we will never see him potentially opposite um Tom Holland uh. as Spider-Man. Cause that would be because that's a character I mean, the way he plays it, I mean, I could see him laying the smack down on little Tom Holland and you know. I was- Probably almost killing really the little kid. You were gonna say Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, everybody wants to lay the smackdown on. I almost said nobody, but everybody wants to lay the, the smackdown on Ben Affleck's hey, Daredevil. But it gave us Evanescence, so is it all? Did it, ben? or would, or did we're Evanescence, so did Evanescence so elevate? 
I got made fun of at poker because I said that I liked Evanescence. They're like, oh, do you like Daredevil too? And I'm like, shut up. Shut you up. Can like Evanescence, Evanescence is a great band. liking Daredevil. Yeah, Dave. You hear that? You hear that? It was Dave, Dave. who said it, by the way. <laughs> Come on. I was on your side. Exactly. See that? But you know who else is on our side, on the side of humanity, or at least he has to choose to be on the side of humanity, based on the trailer, apparently. Uh, old Bumblebee. Remember that guy? From those god-awful Transformers movies, where there's just a lot of noise and explosions? Yeah, well, don't we all? Uh, Bumblebee is back. <laughs> and um, we're finally getting a second trailer that gives us more of the story, and also shockingly gives us more cybertron and old 80s transformers what are you kidding wow, me it only took him six movies right <laughs> to, to show us the war on cybertron and not not include any humans i mean of course in the main story obviously the humans are of course the central plot because weren't they always um but it was exciting to to see that portion of it not enough to make me want to watch this movie but it was exciting (laughs) i i i i mean i just remember i mean my mom will tell you this i would always play my transformers every christmas morning and i'm like you know, and I'm having them fight, and they're going psh, 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 all morning. So for me, yeah, like it, it made like it got that nostalgia funny bone for me. Um, again, not enough to go to the movies. I'm not going to go to the movies to see this. I'm going to wait till it's on FX. I'm not even red boxing it. I want this for free. Okay, like I'll pay for my cable, and it's like, oh, uh, Bumblebee just happens to be on. Great, I'll watch it. Um, but no, no, it's not, it's definitely not enough to get me to go see it, but I am excited at seeing Cybertron, seeing the war, you know, just getting that experience from it. Uh, what are you, what are you, about you guys? What are your thoughts? Well, uh, I thought, um, the Iron Giant trailer looked awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you're totally right yep I mean you know as I was watching it I was like you know the Transformers movies have had a long history of making pretty cool looking trailers except for these last two after three movies you kind of learn that they're not that good Um, don't believe the trailers Um, but you know this one shows some promise it looks like you know there's going to be attention to actual character. Like you said, 80s Transformers. Yes, please. And mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. At the end of the day, I was just like, wait a minute. Mysterious robotic alien comes to Earth, befriends human kid. Uh, and then the government wants to capture it because of... Who knows some fear of a foreign government? Because of fear. Of 
Fear. Because the Russians. Because the Russians. Who put it there? We didn't put it there, and that's all that matters. Hey, you're going to help us find this thing, Hogarth. Except, no, it's not Hogarth. It's a girl. Um, and, um, yeah, I was just like, this is the same exact plot as the Iron Giant. <laughs> it's like, it's like exactly beat for beat the Iron Giant. So, I mean, you know, I, which, you know, I think a similar movie that gets a lot of praise, but people kind of ignore the fact that it is also very similar to the Iron Giant was Big Hero 6. It had a very similar uh, plot too. Yeah. Um, right down to how it ended. Now, I'm not going to ruin the ending, but if you've seen The Iron Giant, you have a pretty good idea. And, you know... Uh, Yeah, I agree to disagree on that one. Mm. Yeah, Big Hero 6 is not like Iron Giant. Not not the same way that other things have been like Iron Giant. Fine, I'll give you that, but I don't... It's too similar for me. The, um... And then, you know, once you kind of walk away from the trailer, you start thinking, wait a minute. Didn't in the original Transformers movie, wasn't that when they started appearing because they were searching for uh, the cube? The cube. And in this, they're searching for something else and getting noticed. And it's just like, okay, so is this a reboot? Is this uh We're just going to move on and forget the other movies. See, that's my problem with this trailer. It looks exactly like every other thing we've seen. There's Mm -hmm. nothing new Uh, about this uh. trailer. You've got the the Transformer coming to Earth, being discovered by a normal brunette human, then the government wanting to take custody of it. It's the exact same as the first Transformers. With just with less Megan Fox. Hmm. I just don't mm-hmm. care about mm-hmm. this fandom anymore. Oh, so sorry. Um, to clarify, Stephen, the the difference between why they show up now, why they're showing up in Bumblebee, and they also show up later. It's because when Sam, remember when, remember when Sam puts the glasses on eBay? Yeah. That's what notified them about the location of the AllSpark. They didn't know where the AllSpark was. Right. They were there. So in Bumblebee, they're there for something else. They're not there. The ones that are there, they're not there for the AllSpark. Hmm. Now, what that is, I mean, I can look it up. I mean, it's probably some other ass nine. Uh, it is the mystical super, super MacGuffin. energy MacGuffin <laughs> that will energize yeah. energy, 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 Cybertron, something, 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 Death right. Star. <laughs> something that will, something that will bring energy, well, not uh, energon, but something that will bring back Cybertron, uh, because you know, even though. All these Transformers have to be showing up from somewhere. It ain't from Cybertron. And they all have to appear on Unicron. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. Let's make... Let's not make that happen. Um, but yeah, apparently I guess that's why... That's the difference between the two. Um, hey, but you know what I am excited for? Although I hope he's more of a comedic character than an action guy. Mm. John Cena. 
I hate the wrestler, love the mm-hmm. actor. I I just hope they make. I hope they take use of his uh, make use of his his comedic chops because he is quite funny, quite funny. Hmm. Let's keep going down the line, guys. So here's a trailer that we've all that a lot of people have been waiting for. Um, Captain Marvel finally dropped. Um, it was a huge, huge deal, and not a lot was revealed in this trailer other than that it's uh definitely set in the 90s um and that i'm sorry but this looks like um this looks like x-men x-men origins wolverine not that it's going to be the same not saying it's going to be not saying it's going to be bad um but it looks like this is going to be a lot of captain marvel is is there to find out something and she, you know, occasionally gets a flashback of her time working with the Kree, um, being in Star Force, and then realizing why she's there until ultimately she meets the actual big bad um, of the movie. Which is fine. It is classic superhero plot, and I'm okay with that. Um Here's the only thing that I want from this trailer to not do. I don't want them to reveal why she punches the old woman. I want <laughs> everybody to be confused, and I want them to think that this is a movie about a woman who beats up old people. Like, I, like, all the, like, it was, it was funny, because literally every comic book fan was like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, yeah, it makes sense. But there was like a small pocket of people online that lost their minds. They were like, why is she beating up old people? And when somebody started to type it, someone posted, they were like, nobody say anything. Let them continue to think that this is just about an old woman, about an old woman and her vendetta against Captain Marvel. And that she is the actual big bad of the movie. And I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> Those are my okay, thoughts on the trailer. Uh, what do you guys think? I liked it. It got me excited. I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Really. It does good. It does look good, but it, it but it got you excited. That's I mean, that's I what's was interesting. Already me. excited, but like just like mm-hmm. the visuals of it. I think it looks good. Okay. And I don't think that it's playing off the whole nostalgia thing so much. Because we see Blockbuster, but mm-hmm. it's all the really, like, 90s that we see. <laughs> that is true. We see a beeper. Okay. But it's not beating over our heads with it. I saw it, though. <laughs> <sighs> oh, boy. Although I will say, I think the beeper, I, I'm, and, I, and I'm just joking about the beeper. I do think the beeper was the only clue that we were going to get in mm-hmm. this trailer about uh, Avengers 4. Okay. Yeah, I think that was, I think that beeper, because they, they link, because why show that beeper in the trailer? True. I was like, that's that's the connection. There, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, follow the beeper. 
What say you, Stephen? So, I remember in Stranger Things when they're in the arcade and it pans through the room and you see all these old retro games and it's like, oh, wow, that's so cool. I remember seeing those games back in the day. And then, you know, before Stranger Things came out, there was uh, a movie called Super 8 um, that really, really wanted you to know it was taking place in the 80s uh, by showing you all the outdated technology and things like that. Um, and, you know, over time, I feel like Glow's kind of guilty of this. Um, Veronica, I think, that uh, Netflix horror movie is guilty of this a little bit. There's a little too much casually panning over to something that screams a certain decade, and it's explicitly designed to play to your nostalgia, and I'm just getting a little tired of it, so I was taken out of it right away when she crash lands into a (gasps) blockbuster. I mean, like, like, I mean, I don't think it could have been more obvious that which decade it takes place. If it had, if it plastered 1994 in big red letters that covered the screen, it was a little obnoxious to me. Um, and, uh, I'm sorry. It, it was I just bad. love how offended Steven it's is. Like, it's like, look, I'm going to have to disagree with y'all. I was taken out of it because of that. Because, look, wow. I very vividly remember going to Blockbuster. And now it's like, ooh, this is what the kids think is all hip and retro. No. No. It is. It is retro. It doesn't exist <sighs> anymore. It was. It's very distinctly late 90s. I know. Steven, it's just there to establish the world. Otherwise, we don't know what decade we'll see, we're why in. Why do we need to know that world necessarily from a trailer? I mean, you know, you've got the beepers. That's fine. We don't necessarily need that from a trailer. And I'm sorry. I just feel like there's more subtle ways you could do it than just panning like over. what? I don't know. I wasn't there for the writing sessions. Yeah. Well, give me one. You you seem you seem to be offended enough by it. Give me a give me a way to establish that we are in the nineties. Just simply show without doing the without doing the cliche just stuff. Simply show people using outdated technology without seeing they're panning over to a big blockbuster sign. But that's what they were doing, Stephen. I'm telling oh you. Oh my god! No, no. I feel no, like we're in a meme. No. I feel like we're in that meme where the old guy is yelling at the young guy every single time. Like, that's us, and you are wrong. How can it take you out of the trailer? I do not understand that. Because it's a cliche. I'm so sick and tired of cliches. It's not a cliche. It's It's a technique. It's a, oh, so it's a tech, so a technique is now a cliche? Yes, techniques can become cliche the same way that, you know, other film techniques can become cliche. Like the vertigo effect, that can become a cliche. It's unique, it can be used uniquely, but it can also be overdone. This same technique has been done a million times in the last 10 years, and it's like, okay, give, find a different way to establish the time besides just, oh, here's a completely dark lit, you know, one or two dark colors. We see the crash happen, and we pan down to the big, 
bright yellow and blue blockbuster sign. It was but not that's that not that for everybody, Stephen. That's so season that six times. Fast. It wasn't. No, you're right, Lindley. It wasn't that bad. That was for the that was for the casual fans' benefit. We knew that it was in the '90s. Everybody who follows these things knew it was in the '90s. There was just one little moment. There was one little moment where they had to establish. Okay, this is in the 90s. Because guess what? If you don't establish that in the trailer, then this is a post-Infinity War trailer. So it's safe to assume that anything post-Infinity War is is post-Snap. So you're, uh, you're establishing to your audience right out of the gate in the very first shot of your trailer, this is before the Snap. So all of your characters, all your favorite characters, they are still alive. That's it. And I think they could have been more creative than that. What could they have done? I'm waiting. I want you to tell me what they could I have done. I just gave you an example. Well, I wasn't listening. So I'm tell not me again. wasting my breath on that noise. <laughs> You're not going to waste your breath. Well, then, damn it. Put the camera and pan towards a blockbuster and go about our day. Yes, I will pan the camera over to my blockbuster membership card that's still in its laminated pouch. Why do you still have I don't. that? I wish I did, though. That'd be so fun. So you're a liar. That is shocking to me. <laughs> yes, he is lying. He is lying because you know, you know that that is probably the best way that no, and the easiest no, way it's not. to establish what what decade yes, you're in. Yes, it's the easiest, and that's my problem. Why you've got billions of dollars in budget and box office? Why couldn't they come up with something more creative than what we've seen a million why times? Why reinvent the wheel, Stephen? Why reinvent the because wheel? Because if all we get is the same sort of thing over and over again. I, the casual viewer who doesn't necessarily have a you know an attachment to this franchise, am not going to be tricked into thinking like ooh nostalgia. You know, it's just not going. You were never going. You were never going to anyway, Stephen. You were never going to be honest. Were you ever going to see this movie, regardless of whether or not they 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 showed a blockbuster or not? <laughs> we hold on. Let's pause the argument just to appreciate the fact we are arguing over blockbuster. Yes, we are <laughs> arguing over blockbuster. Now answer my question. No, of course I wasn't ever going to go see it. But so then, what does it matter if you were taken out of the trailer or not? You asked my opinion. Well, I just want to know why that took you out of a trailer. Because it's been done a that, million times. That, you could talk about anything else in that trailer. You could talk about Samuel Jackson having a CGI'd face. Uh, Clark Gregg having a CGI'd face. Uh, you could talk about how they don't really talk about anything plot-related in the trailer. But you pick Blockbuster? Blockbuster? Honestly, I really can't remember much of the rest of the trailer. I was too hung up on Blockbuster. Really? Yep. I can't oh believe God. this, Stephen, but I'm, I'm siding with Marcus. Well, I can't I respect your opinion. I, I, I can't understand you at all. I really can't. <sighs> Probably not. We're gonna move on. Yeah. We're gonna move on from this because I because you know what because we will be stuck on Blockbuster until the cows come yes. home. I don't know why I keep using that reference, 
but it seems applicable well, you right know now. What? Let's move on Moo. to Dor- I don't know. You said cow, so I figured that was an appropriate time to say We are moving on. We are moving on to the next trailer, which also is set in the 90s. But you wouldn't know it because they don't do anything to show that it is the 90s. What trailer is that? That would be the Dark Phoenix. Were you taken out of this one, Steven? I thought it was the 80s. Yes, the Dark... (laughs) No, Dark Phoenix. Well, either way, who knows, Lindley? Because they didn't establish it. They didn't show me a blockbuster. I have a feeling we might actually agree about this one. (laughs) I, um... (laughs) Still so angry about, about Captain Marvel. Like, I don't even understand, like... Anyways, anyways, Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix. Um, so <laughs> the Dark Phoenix. I hate you sometimes so much. Can Boys. I just say that? Like I, re- like Boys. I just enough. <laughs> you go to that corner, Stephen. Go to the other. I'm now taking over the show. There's a blockbuster over here. Stop. Lindley is taking over the show. Steven, Lindley, I'm go over. ahead. Start. Go ahead. Start it. You're in timeout. Yes, ma'am. I'm okay with that. So, Dark Phoenix looked pretty amazing. Lean mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say about that, Marcus. You can have the reins back. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. You're the one yelling and screaming, and I'm the one who gets sent to timeout? You both got sent to timeout. Yes, because you... And you brought up Blockbuster. That was your argument. Anyways, Dark, Dark Phoenix. Phoenix. It looks very um, mediocre, and it's the... For me, it's the same problem I have with the Bumblebee trailer. There's nothing new mm-hmm. about this. There's absolutely nothing new about this. Like, the Dark Phoenix shows up and they're in a neighborhood. I was like, oh, wait, didn't I see this in X-Men The Last Stand? Yes. You got Mystique, who I thought she had become comfortable enough in her mutant skin, but half of the trailer, she's not Mystique, she's Jennifer Lawrence again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just, nothing about this. There was no exact plot driven with the trailer there's none of that there's nothing new that doesn't excite me it felt it felt to me that this it made it very clear to me they should have stopped after apocalypse when apocalypse ended i just watched um i f- i finally watched apocalypse all the way through cuz i fell asleep on it the first time i watched it um yeah it was that boring um and i i finished it and it's the end the the ending picture is perfect it's the x-men that we probably all grew up with in the early 90s um fox Fox 5 morning, on Saturday morning, Fox Kids. Um, right, right. We see all of our original X-Men. They're they're in the danger room. And uh, Cerebro is about to activate the, the Sentinels so that they can train. 
And there's just that last image of Professor X. He's looking at his X-Men and the doors close. We already know what's going to happen. We already know that they they grow up. They become the X-Men. They defend um, mutant rights all around the world. Um, and humans from, from evil mutants like the Brotherhood of Mutants. We know that when Magneto leaves at the end of the, in, in the movie, that's what he's about to do. He more or less tells Charles, he's like, look, I'm going to do what I need to do. You've got your team. I'm going to get mine. And we'll see who we, we will continue our, our chess match. Um, and I and I just feel like Dark Phoenix is horribly unnecessary. The only thing that I like is that there's confirmation that Phoenix will be a um, the Phoenix Force will be. Um, a cosmic entity that has invaded Jean. It is not. Um, it is not a dark side of Jean. It is a, a being from outer space that has now taken control of her, which is what it has always been, which is what made a lot of people angry in Last Stand. But you're right, Lindley. Like this just feels like okay. Well. Okay, you made it a cosmic entity, but you're still doing the plot of Last Stand. You just don't have um, a mutant cure. And instead of Logan, you have Scott as the right love interest. I can't get behind this movie, and I just, I feel like we just need to shelve X-Men for a while. And slowly introduce the mutants, and then when when the world is ready, then reintroduce X Men under under the the Marvel banner. And I told I texted Dave after he sent me the the trailer, which by the way Dave pointed out the trailer came out like in the middle of the night, like they were ashamed of it. Oh dang! Um, yeah, like it can't like because I woke up in the morning and he had said to me, he's like, yeah, I just found this. Um, scrap it all. Like, save nothing. In my mind. The only one that you could save, in all honesty, is probably Deadpool. Right? Because Deadpool doesn't have any clear connection to, um, to the X-Men universe. Other than the, the, the cameo in oh, Deadpool well, apparently 2. it's getting but a, that was so- Deadpool's getting a PG-13 re-release. This December. Is that so? Yep. I don't know why, but it, it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean if that's I mean if that's the case, then yeah, bring Deadpool into the MCU. But I would leave I would leave the X Men after Dark Phoenix, just let it go. You don't need it. Not this not this. Reboot it straight up, just like X Men. I mean, sorry, not X Men. Uh, Spider Man. Um. Well, no other opinions need to be heard for that one. So I guess we should just. I'm just. I'm just kidding, Stephen. No, I agree. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looked exactly like the Last Stand. Uh, right down to the whole. Uh, prequel prologue 
talking to young Jean, uh, her questioning, what's God, wrong yes. with me? Uh, followed by, you you did what to her, Charles? I tried to protect her from herself. Um, oh, yeah. It's the idea that Charles is kind of is the bad guy in yeah. all this. And um, I just, I mean, okay, is this officially part of the MCU or is this just no. Fox's mm. last stand mm. with X-Men? It's Fox's last stand. It's his last stand. <laughs> it's, it's instead of X3, because... it's FX, the last stand. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because guess what? If if it's successful, oh, you can you can please believe they're gonna back they're gonna try to back out of that deal with uh, that merger deal yeah. with Disney. Mm-hmm. If it's, it's successful, well, it's the same thing that Sony's doing. Sony's banking on Venom and making it's not bank. going to. No, oh no, but that but they're also but you know it it's not a mistake. For them to make, uh, to take away that R rating from Venom. After they touted it for like months, they were like, it's gonna be rated R because that's what superhero movies need. Yeah. And they're like, mm, actually, it's gonna be PG 13. Mm. Right, Disney? Huh? Huh? Please, please call me. Okay? Call me. <laughs> right? That's what it feels like. I'm saying. But again, we've we could spend you know all day on dark themes. But I mean, and, and it's essentially it's going to boil down to what we've talked about just now. Um, is that it? Just this is just something that needs to go yep. away for a while. Like, but they let can't us, or they'll like, lose just, the rights. Yeah, well, it's not always <laughs> a bad thing, you know. It's not always a bad thing for them to come home and just look. I just want my dog on Illuminati with Charles Xavier, Mister Fantastic, Doctor Strange, and Black Panther and Iron Man, and they all talk about how they're gonna send Hulk to the moon and then blow the moon up. That's we'll all talk I want. About how they're gonna destroy? Is that too much to ask? And. No, we're talking about how they're going to Scarlet Witch. That's fine too. Give me House of M. I guess. Sorry. Give me World War Hulk. You get your House of M when I get my <laughs> World War Hulk, which I kind of did, but not really. Give me Squirrel Girl. Still gonna watch. The... You're you're getting. You know, he's just trying to make me mad again. But you know what? You know what though. It's probably I'm probably hyped up because this next movie trailer got me so jacked. Um Creed 2. They've put out two really good trailers for this and I'm hoping that it's not it's not going to be hype. Um I was I was scared that this was not going to be as emotional um of a movie. But based off of some of these, based off of some of these clips that we've seen um, in this newest trailer, I, I cried a little bit. I really did, um, and it's and it's partially because like I feel like this is this is not just going to be it's not a fight movie. This is not a boxing movie. This is the story of a guy 
who is cheated out of a relationship with his father, whether good or bad, by some dude that he doesn't know. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we're currently doing a we're currently doing a play at my school where, you know, I talk about how this little girl, she's um, the character is looking for her dad, essentially. And she doesn't I'm like, you don't know what happened to him. You've got to get that information. It's killing you inside to not have that information. And that's the same thing here. Adonis doesn't know if Apollo was ever going to love him like a son. He doesn't know if he was going to ever hate him. He's stuck never knowing that answer. And like for years, for years to have that. And then to find out that your dad's killer is not like in jail or anything, but is thriving and then calls you out. The stakes could not be higher. And I love it. I love it. And I, like I said, Michael B. Jordan, I said it before on the show. He's a great actor. I loved him before Killmonger. I'll say that. I loved him before Killmonger. I think he's great. I think he's definitely one of the next great black actors. Um, (laughs) Oh, man. Fruitvale was, Fruitvale was what put me on to him. I was like, he's, that's, that's what made me say, like, that's the next great black actor right there. Like, that is, he's, he is, you know, with the right roles, he could be that next Sidney Poitier. I'm saying it right now because I think he's got it in him. Um, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe because th- we don't have Ryan Coogler on this project. Um, so and this and Creed was kind of a passion project for Ryan Coogler because his dad loved Creed. I'm um, the love the Rocky movies. So who knows? But I know this. I'm excited. I love that Dolph Ludgren and um, Ivan Drago's son. I love that they don't speak in this trailer. So we don't, so we only get Donnie's side. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we don't even know who's, who struck first. Was it, was it Ivan? Was it Ivan's son? Um, or was it uh, Adonis? Mm-hmm. And it's very clear that Adonis now gets the, he gets the title. So he's the champion. Um is that what brings um, Ivan Drago out of hiding with his son? Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm sure, I'm sure the fight with Apollo was what kind of sent him spiraling out of control. This also almost feels, now that I say it, this feels like Iron Man 2. But without the suits. Iron Man 2? <laughs> Yeah, Iron Man 2. Um, remember, the plot is Tony's dad took the, uh, was like, they said he took the arc reactor plans from oh. Anton Vanko. And Anton Vanko dies, and then Anton Vanko's son comes to beat up Tony. So it's essentially like the oh, two okay. sons are fighting I each get other. You now. Yeah. So it like kind of reminds me of it, but I'm like hoping like it's not, it's going to go like, the awesome Creed route and not like the mediocre Iron Man 2 route, but who knows? Um, what what did you guys uh, think of the trailer? I, I know you guys haven't seen 
Creed yet. I thought the uh, trailer was really well made. Like, even mm. just not being someone who's seen the first Creed movie, it is on my to-watch list at some point, but just, you know, because, I mean, I know I complain a lot about trailers looking the same a lot. Uh, this one right, seemed right. kind of different. Um, it had, like, its own its own energy. It's kind of hard for me to describe this. It, it felt like it had its own rhythm, its own uh, pace, even though, you know, we've mm-hmm. seen, you know, fast paced trailers. We've seen uh, rhythmic trailers where, you know, they build up to like something, but it always ends up feeling hollow because it always builds up to like a either an inception horn or a jump scare. But this didn't feel like that. It felt like every, you know, bass drop, you know, was like another, uh, I don't want to say nail in the coffin exactly, but like a like one more twist mm. of the of the knife uh and mm-hmm. it's like you could it, like it felt like an emotional ride um mm-hmm. just watching the trailer so that was really pleasant to see so. mm. uh, what about I you Linda? I feel the same way um I'm with you and I have yet to see Creed um I need to it's on mm-hmm. my list um uh, but I thought it was a well-made trailer yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I um yeah, like I said, like I highly, highly recommend it. It was a movie that I did not think I was gonna love as much as mm-hmm. I do. Um, but then it it made me mad because I was like, this really should have been up for an Oscar that year. Um, because everybody in it does such a great job. Um. But again, we will see if that was flash in the pan or if it is if it was the real deal, which is ironic because I feel like that's the that's probably the plot of Creed, too, (laughs) to find out is is he, you know, is he good enough to live up to the name? Well, he figures that out in the first one, but um, can he keep it? Yeah. Oh, oh, come on now. (laughs) It's been it's been some time. Um, speaking of time, guys, do you have your wands at the ready? At the ready. Oh my gosh! I, I again, I'm just, I'm so excited that I've taken off the mental block of, high, of like, of trying to control my love for <laughs> Harry Potter in this universe, because I watched this trailer. And I got hella excited again. Um, Crimes of Grindelwald is going to be the movie that I think redefines the Harry Potter universe. In a good way. Um, It seems like a much more coherent story. It seems like it is going to definitely do some big, big reveals, one of which in particular I know we want to talk about. Um, I'm not even upset anymore about Johnny Depp because he's playing a villain. So I can I can gladly hate him as much as I want to. Um, I don't know exactly about still not really on board with Johnny Depp right now, but that's. Anyways, what house are you guys? What Hogwarts house do you belong to? Have we talked about this before? I think 
briefly. I feel like we I feel like we started maybe we didn't do it on the air. I feel like we okay. have talked about it, but I don't well, maybe not on the air. We're talking about it now, ladies and gentlemen. Stephen, what is your Hogwarts house? And do you know your your since we're talking about Fantastic Beast, what is your Ilvamori house if you know it? Uh, no, see, I don't know Ilvamori. That's fine. Uh, uh, I am definitely Hufflepuff. You are a Hufflepuff. Yeah, you would be. You're so yeah, you Hufflepuff. Are. I like it that way. <laughs> We're pretty chill dudes. Do you know what your Patronus is? It's a terrier. Ooh, okay. Okay. Yep. And um, I forget the exact details of the one. I know it's made of Rowan. Rowan, gotcha. I'm I'm logging into Pottermore right now to refresh my wand. <laughs> so I, long ago. I was literally <laughs> I was literally doing the same thing. Like while Steve, I was like, oh god, she's gonna ask about Patronus and yeah. all that other stuff. I'm like, let me let me log on real quick and uh, no, take no, care no. of this. Now, see, I can. If Anna t- was on here. She could tell you uh, her Ilvamori house. Okay. Uh, and all that, but I I never did end up doing that. I just did the. Little Pottermore quiz, and it it sent me to Hufflepuff. I yeah, and, um, you're totally mm-hmm. a Hufflepuff. Yeah. All right. Are, are you still looking up yours, Marcus? Because I can tell mine. Okay. Oh, I've got Go mine. Go ahead. So the only one I had to look up was my wand mm-hmm. and my Patronus, but I um, so I'm a Gryffindor. Yeah, yeah, you're a Gryffindor. Which I thought, like, after, because I was like, I was like, really? A Gryffindor? I'm not a Gryffindor. I would never. It's almost like, yep. it's almost like it's not cool anymore to be a Gryffindor. Because everybody back in the day was like, I'm a Gryffindor. I'm yep. a Gryffindor. I'm a Gryffindor. Because Harry Potter's a Gryffindor. But I, I kind of embrace yeah. it, though. Like, after, like, after reading, after reading it through, I was like, okay, no, no, I am. Um, yeah. And I'm okay with it. You know, it's not like you said. It's it's not like it's it's uncool for me anymore. It's just accepted. I've accepted it. I've accepted <laughs> my fate. Um, we we stayed at the Battle of Hogwarts. Oh. <laughs> um, well, and and Stephen, I guess. Yeah, Hufflepuff stayed. Yeah, yeah, I guess we didn't lock you in the dungeon. Um, <laughs> uh, so I my Patronus is a piebald stallion. Ooh. I'm a bay stallion. Mm-hmm. We're oh. both stallions. Okay. Nice. My wand, even though I tried to look for this wand at Harry Potter World and could not find it, it's okay. Um, because it pretty much looks like this wand. Um, Cypher's wood with a dragon heartstring core um, and surprisingly swishy, okay. flexible. Dragon heartstring oh. mm-hmm. core. What's the, what's the size? Uh, twelve and three quarters inches. Dang it! I was gonna make a joke about mm-hmm. my wand being bigger than your wand, but your wand is actually <laughs> bigger than my wand. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Question: Does more mean more? No, I'm just kidding. I'm and sorry. Your... I was watching Sassy Gay Friend today, and that came up. Want your two butter still doing in the bed? Um, and your Ilvamori house? Oh, so once I, so after I found that I got Gryffindor, I was like, I was like, okay, like, 
well, let me find out my ill morning house. And of course, I got <gasps> me Thunderbird. too. Hey, right. But then I was like, I was like, because isn't Thunderbird pretty much like the Gryffindor equivalent? Yes, but that doesn't. But I'm not a Gryffindor. Right. But I don't know. I for some reason, like I felt like the like Thunderbird was the was like the equivalent. Um. Just because it seemed like that's what, uh, you know, that that's whoever comes out of that house. That's what they seem to portray yeah. the most of. Is those I just thought qualities, it was a bird but... thing because I got Thunderbird. Well, I'm a Ravenclaw. I'm a proud Ravenclaw. Anna's Ravenclaw. Is it? I was I was yeah. going to ask you if Anna I was a Ravenclaw because that. that makes so much sense. Yeah. Listeners, if you're new, Anna is Steven's lovely wife. She's awesome. She is awesome. Uh, But yes, I'm a Ravenclaw. My Patronus is a Bay Stallion. I know someone whose Patronus was a Salmon. And I will never let him live it down. Andy, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, And my wand (laughs) is Spruce Wood with a unicorn hair core. Uh, 12 mm. and a quarter inches and slightly springy mm. flexibility. Mm. I don't exactly know what it, the wands mean per se, but it looks cool. Um, did you, did you look up the, uh, cause it tells you, it breaks it down for you. see more about my wand. Um, mm-hmm. Because mine, mine basically says the dragon heart string uh, makes it easier to turn towards oh, the dark okay. arts. Well, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um, the longer, let me see, the longer wand. Um, selling those are ext- are exceptionally okay. rare. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, however, abnormally short ones usually select those in whose character some, something is lacking, rather than because they are physically undersized. Many small witches and wizards are chosen by longer wands. Huh. So it's because I'm short. Um, and then wand flexibility, uh, adaptability and willingness to change possessed by the wand and owner pair. Although, again, this factor ought not to be considered separately from the wand wood core. Huh. So it, it's funny to me that I know we've taken audience, we've taken like a slight break <laughs> um, from talking about the movie, but it's it's funny to me that our um, she's created this mm-hmm. world, right? She's created this, and I guess it does kind of connect to the movie. She's created this world and this universe um, that I mean, we randomly we randomly took these these uh, these tests, and yet. I'm not surprised in the slightest that you got Ravenclaw. Like, I would have guessed that. I probably would have also guessed that Steven got, got Hufflepuff the same way I guess Anna was a Ravenclaw. It's just that this woman has created this world and that we are so invested in it. And we can just pick out these things and we, we buy into it. And I think that's what makes me, that's what made me excited to watch the trailer. Is because now we're finally getting a chance to like play in this universe that she's created, 
And yes, we're we're getting a chance to see things that we already know about, but now we're getting now we're getting a chance to explore some of these things that she came up with later, much like um Dumbledore's relationship um with mm-hmm. Grindelwald. You know, I I was surprised that they showed that in the trailer. Yeah. Cause I, I, I know some, I know, you know, there was some parent group that must've like been up in arms. Well, if they haven't, it's been out for a while that Dumbledore is gay. Like that's not, it's not new knowledge. It is, but my child wants to see the movie. Um, that's not the only thing that I'm surprised they showed in this trailer, which, okay. Uh, fair warning audience. I didn't really like the first Fantastic piece to begin with. Um, I thought parts of it were good, um, like some of the characters, but when your protagonist, like, he whispers everything he says, and I can't understand him. Uh, And it just seemed, the first movie did seem like just a kicking off point for something bigger. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really it. Um, so I wasn't thrilled about the first one, but I do like the look of the second one. I, I really do like the look of it and I'm excited. And this trailer got me excited. Um, uh, but uh-huh. the thing that I think we're about to talk about, or Stephen, what did you think about it? Um, I like this trailer. Um, I, you know, I did like the uh, first one I, I like the characters i think more so than the plot and i think i was more uh-huh. intrigued by the world it was setting up rather than the plot at hand one huge 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 improvement that i liked about this trailer is the color there's so much more color yeah. in this the first one i we saw it in a dark theater and i gotta be honest i did start to get a headache it was kind of a little too dimly lit at times, but on the whole, you know, I think this trailer looked very exciting. Uh, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, but there is one thing that I wish they would have saved for the movie. And that mm. is the revelation that Nagini is in it. And not mm-hmm. always in snake form. Did you hear? So did you hear? Like what the what the premise yes. is behind? Uh, according it, to apparently. J.K. Rowling, she is she's not an animagus. She's a right. M- how, how do I pronounce this? A maledicus. A mal. I can't read. I was about to say, we'll, we'll, figure, we'll, it out. we'll figure it she, out when the movie not, comes out. Like, like Animagus. Yeah, she's not that. <laughs> uh, but it's like a blood disease, right? Is that what? Yes. That's so interesting. And it makes Nagini mm-hmm. being like, Nagini's head being chopped off by Neville Longbottom a little, a little more dark than it first mm-hmm. realized. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. I think it for me. It, it, this is definitely going to be one of those things where I have to see where they're going with it because this isn't a new idea. Mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling mm-hmm. says she's been holding on to this for about twenty years. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah, Nagini is a, it's, it's also a human. I know there's a lot of controversy, though, about who they got to play Nagini. I saw that. And this, I didn't know there was such, I, th- there was such a problem in the Harry Potter universe with this. I'm not saying that I really agree mm-hmm. with the people being up in arms about it. I just, I didn't mm-hmm. know there was that much of a controversy already. And this is just fueling the fire. Just, just to clarify, what, what are you referring to? About Nagini being cast as an Asian woman. That mm. apparently a lot of people are accusing her of poor representation for that race. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. of just, uh, not only this, but other things she's done in the books, in the movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I okay, because that's what I thought, that's what I thought it was. But just in case the audience didn't know okay. it either. Um, but I had, I saw that and I, I looked on Twitter about it and someone had a really good point and, and they were, they were Asian American. Um, and the one thing that they pointed out, they were like, here's the thing. You can't necessarily be completely mad that Nagini is an evil care, an evil dark character. Cause they were like. She's Voldemort Snake. Not not so much. Right. They were like they're like it's not so much it's not so much about like okay, like she's she's evil, you know, she's Voldemort Snake, she's Voldemort slave. Um This is you can be of a different race and play different roles. You don't always have to be the good guy. You don't always have to be the bad guy. Um, you don't always have to be, you know, super smart, stereotypically, um, or super dumb. You can just be a, a person, you know, who also happens to be of a certain ethnicity. Um, now, while I do agree, I do agree that the Harry Potter universe is not as ethnically diverse as what one would hope. Right? You know, I mean when we when I mean when I read that when I read that uh book, representation wasn't as important to me as it is now. But I remember getting really excited about Lee Jordan. <laughs> I was like, Yeah black black guy <laughs> at Hogwarts and like for all I knew he was the only one. And Lavender um, Brown got but then it, a lot paler in the movies too. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um but again, we also have to be reminded that that was a different time. Mm. Things have things have come things have come a long way since then. Not saying that things are perfect by any means. I mean, we've talked about that on the show before. Um but it is, but but people of different ethnicities and different cultures are being more represented now. And not that we should take our victories, not that we should just take our victories where we should get them and not strive mm-hmm. for more. But 
I don't know. Like I, and I, and I mean, I'm not Asian, so I, I mean, I can't necessarily say that, but I mean, if Nagini was black in all honesty, I probably wouldn't mind. Hmm. To me, it's not, it's not like the, the, um, journey Smollett bell casting, right? It's not like stunt casting to me. It's we needed an actress. This was the best actress yeah. for the part, so we casted her as and it. It's, um, we're not yeah, making it. This isn't J.K. Rowling saying, "Oh, this person is Asian, therefore she must be evil." It's not that at right. Because what other Asian characters? I mean, there's been Asian yeah. characters Cho in Chang. the Harry Potter franchise. Um, Cho Chang and Cho is not Cho's no. not evil. She, yeah, makes, she a makes a mistake. mistake but that's because I'm, she's scared. Who wouldn't be scared of right. Dolores Umbridge? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I, I and I'm and I, and, I, and it's and it's hard because I'm like I'm not I'm not trying to invalidate anybody, and if it's coming across that way, I I sincerely apologize. Um, but I feel like this is not. This might not be the fight. I won't say it's not the fight because I, again, I don't know for sure. But I feel like this might not be the fight. The real fight would be getting more representation, mm-hmm. like you know, having a having a a wizard that yeah. maybe is Asian, or like what Cursed Child, you know, had, that's yeah, that's an or like or what Cursed Child has done on in the West End and on Broadway with making Hermione black. And it's never, mm-hmm. her race is never brought into question. This is just Hermione Granger. No. Well, at first no. it was. But my no, friend, I meant like my friend in the Dina, show, she like actually... in the text. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's never mentioned or brought up because this is just Mm-mm. the character. doesn't matter what she looks like. To viewers, yeah, mm-hmm. some people had a problem with it. But to... As far as the story, it doesn't matter. Well, my friend, my friend Dina, um, who's part of the Negro mm-hmm. Justice League, mm-hmm. shout out to them. Uh, she she actually tweeted J.K. Rowling mm-hmm. when it first came out because it was like because everyone was like up mm-hmm. in arms about it, and she basically was like, she said something along the lines of like you know, she said the exact same thing. She's like, they never actually say what race yeah. Hermione is. Like we like everyone just assumed because they said she had mousy hair, and then my friend and then Dina was like, "That could just be mm-hmm. black hair." And then J.K. Rowling liked Yay. it. Yay! Yeah, she was like, "Yeah, that is true." And and then she and then I think J.K. Rowling then herself came out like a couple of hours later. Um, but I mean. There are so many there's so many times in this particular series where they don't necessarily say what race mm-hmm. someone is. Um I think it's Hollywood that has made it very um a very Caucasian heavy mm-hmm. franchise. But I mean that's again like you said that's not JK Rowling's no. fault. Because we know, I mean, as fans, we know that she, I mean, she's only ever had but so much say on the set. Because remember, they were going to take out important stuff from uh, the movies. That she was like, don't do that. Why not? I can't tell you. Just don't do that. 
well, we're going to change it anyway. <laughs> then when it came out later, she was like, that's why I told you not to change that. Now you have to fix it somehow. Or you, you're going to make me fix it somehow. So, I get it. I do. Um, but... I don't see this as I don't see this as a fault. I yeah. see this as a victory. Even Michael B. Jordan being Killmonger, he steals that movie, and he's the villain. He's the bad guy. But it's not. It depends on how it's on how that. I feel like it all boils down to how is that yeah. character portrayed, and I feel like if she's not playing a stereotype. Or maybe she's not even evil. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I feel like we need to kind of wait and see how it plays exactly. out. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, I think there's a lot, uh, a lot of, uh, I think she said five movies. Uh, and they're only one movie yeah. in. This is uh... the second of five. So it's like, there's a lot of story apparently she's got in mind. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think anything could mm-hmm. happen. Um, yeah. But, I don't know. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, ultimately, I think, um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for this movie. Um, and to just, again, I feel like this, because I'm with you, Lindley, I did not care for the first one. Okay. Movie. I'm glad I'm not alone in that. Yeah. No, I, I mean, Steven, to me, Steven's the first one I've ever heard that actually likes the first one. Um... But I, I just, I feel like this one, I feel like this is the one that's going to really get me back into watching the movies. Um, yeah. Because again, I just feel like there's a lot, there's a lot more to explore. And with this new revelation about Nagini, that's the, that's the thing that we have seen right now. We got to figure out too, I, here's what I want to know. How did she end up with Voldemort? Yep. That that to me is the most interesting. How did she thing end up it. a horror? How did you? Yeah. Right. Also, that's a big time yeah. jump too. So mm-hmm. that's that's another thing that's got me a little iffy about it. Because uh, it's some things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like maybe like maybe Nagini is not the same Nagini. No, not the Could be possible. No, not that. It's just sometimes I know this is within the Harry Potter universe and I know Dumbledore Mm -hmm. is in this, but there are some things that maybe I wanted a little less connection with the Harry Potter story proper. Like just have this be Mm. another story in the Wizarding World that doesn't have to do with Harry Potter. Mm. Mm -hmm. But now that Nagini is in it, that just is one more connection to Voldemort. Leads to Harry Potter, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, did anyone else see that Grindelwald has the Elder Wand? I did. I like that touch. Now mm-hmm. we know where Dumbledore mm-hmm. got that from. Yep. Well, yeah, because I mean, that's ultimately that's that's yeah. what we're leading to is to that big showdown. Which, in all honesty, I'd kind of like it to be a lot more like what the uh, 
the final showdown between Harry and Voldemort was in the mm-hmm. book, not the movie. In the because in the book, I thought the book was done beautifully, where it's literally just Harry taunting Voldemort, calling him Tom, and then explaining to him like, "Listen, you are going to lose this. Stand down." And I would love it for Vol. I would love it for like. Grindelwald and and Dumbledore to be facing off and it's like and Dumbledore's doing the same thing. He's like, stand down. Like I don't want to kill you or I mm-hmm. don't want to hurt you. Cause he doesn't Grindelwald's still alive, isn't he? No, I don't think so. I thought he I thought yeah, he, he, I thought he, he goes to Azkaban. Azkaban and then uh Voldemort seeks him out trying to find the Elder Wand. Right. I don't remember if he kills him or not, though. But, guys, listen, I've enjoyed talking to you these past... Wow! Two hours. We just had a lot to cover. Yeah, definitely our longest episode. I don't know if this will end up being two hours. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be two hours, like, after I'm done editing. So, audience, you probably are like, what are you talking about? This is an hour 45 like normal. Uh, but we've been together for, for two hours. Um, guys, I have loved every second talking with you guys. Um, digging into all of this news, whether it be Last Airbender, talking about DC. They seem to be kind of sobering up with these <laughs> casting choices. We got a little bit of Bumblebee. Of course, that was always drunk to begin with. We got a little... I yelled at Steven and Captain Marvel. I got hype for Creed 2. Uh, 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 we, we had a, a lively discussion about Fantastic Beasts and, of course, where to find them. And we found them. Only to bring us here to the end of our show. Man. Audience. I hope you had a good time listening to us. Um, And if you want to talk to us some more, maybe if you go on Facebook, you go on Twitter, uh, Instagram, you can always find Popcorn Prattle there. But if you want to talk to us one-on-one individually um, and maybe yell at Steven and tell him that he needs to get over his, his blockbuster discrimination... Uh, Lindley, where can the folks at home reach you? Folks at home, you can reach me mostly on Instagram at Little Lottie. That's L-O-T-T-I-E. I am also on Facebook at Little Lottie, one word. Cosplay. Uh, speaking of cosplay, guys, Ooh. New York Comic Con is next week. Um, if you are a listener, I'm going to be there Friday and Saturday. Friday, I'm going to be with my friend, Denoza Cosplay. Uh, we're going to be Rick and Evie again from The Mummy, the the good one from the 90s. Um, and then Saturday, I'll be there as Claire Fraser because there's going to be an Outlander panel. And I need to be in the same room as Sam Hewen. So, yeah, if you're going to be at New York Comic Con, hit me up and we'll uh, say hi. Indeed, indeed. Stephen, where can the folks at home yell at you? Folks at home, you can head over to YouTube, type in Stephen's Workshop. You'll find it there. You can also find my other channel, uh, Bailey's Film Workshop. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, at Bailey's Workshop. 
And, of course, audience, you can also hit me up on that Twitter. Just hit me up at at Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Leroy, L-A-R-O-Y. You can also find me um, on Instagram. Uh, Just look up the Mark Leroy um, or the Marcus Leroy. I'm always posting up pictures when I'm headed to the gym. Um, And also all sorts of funny pictures, usually from my adventures uh probably gonna have some pictures from my dirty 30 y'all dirty 30 dirty 30 y'all dirty 30 y'all uh 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 yeah we just had like five Um, people and subscribe (laughs) (laughs) no they didn't they were like yeah mark i'm about to join you on your dirty 30 y'all uh well it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter. <laughs> and um, they're with the rest of them. <laughs> as long as Dave, as long as Dave keeps Hi, listening, Dave. I'm fine. Nah, the podcast can't live on Dave alone. <laughs> <laughs> as much as, as much as, as much as uh, Dave supports us, um, go out, guys. Go support Popcorn Prattle. Let everybody know that this is indeed the film talk podcast to listen to. Uh, Lindley, Stephen. I think that's everything. Think Am I so. right? You're right. Guys, audience, I leave you with this. From all of us to all of you, we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now. Dance hard like you're about to rip your pants